Cam 2022. Oh my goodness. I was, uh, I was putting together that video earlier this week from all of our clips and um, I, I had the baptism at the very end of the video and I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm preaching. I can't, can't put it at the end. I'll be like, oh, like so I had to put all that stuff at the end there so that I had a chance to get myself together. Um, I love those kids. Seven students, seven students said, yes, this is my calling. This is, this is what he wants for me. So praise God for that. Um, yeah, my name is Brian. Um, I'm the student pastor here at Crosstown. And uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, um, I would love to. Uh, but we've been on this series called Plotline um, the past couple of weeks. And uh, what it's about is we, we've kind of like taken the narrative of scripture and, you know, kind of like pulled out the things that we we like the stories that we like piece by piece and stuff, but we're, we're missing that it's all like connected together. And that's a, it's this plot line, that one story that, um, that God wants us to see that leads us to Jesus Christ. So um, I encourage you to check out the Bible Project. They're awesome. They, they make these videos, the material that we've been using, um, that we're teaching from. So um, check them out. You can Google them, YouTube them. Bible Project is amazing. But um, if you remember last week, Josh talked about the temple, and the temple is uh, it's this, just this rich, beautiful imagery of, of where God and humanity like overlap with one another. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing that he enters into that. Um, but this imagery rolls right into what we're going to talk about today, and uh, that is we're going to talk about the royal priesthood. And so when I, say, when I say priesthood, like a lot of us, when we hear the word priest, we get this... Um, we already have like almost a negative connotation to it or like, a, like because how it's been done in the past or of what we've heard stories of, or um, we, we're not so sure about priests most of the time, like, oh, you're a priest, uh, you know, um, not, not really sure about that. But it's, it's like that in the Old Testament too, though. Like it's not, it's not so far from, from all of that. It, it was that way in biblical times as well, that the priests were never enough to finish what they were called to do, right? So all throughout the Old Testament, and even so it perpetuates into the New Testament because Jesus starts talking about it when people ask questions. He talks about, yeah, yeah, the priests aren't enough. They won't be, and that's okay. Um, Because he explains later on what will be enough. So 
Um, so today I want to I want to overcome that predisposition against the word priest or the priesthood idea. So I want to overcome that because um, we are all called into the royal priesthood, and we are all called to be priests to people here. So um, let's watch the Bible Project video together. The Bible introduces humanity as God's royal priests, ruling with God in Eden, a place full of life and abundance and God's blessing. But humanity was deceived by evil and then exiled from Eden. And so humans forfeited their calling as the royal priesthood. But God promised that one of their descendants would be an even better priest who will defeat evil and intervene on their behalf to restore the blessings of Eden. This descendant would be a royal priest like Melchizedek that Abraham met in Jerusalem, and also like Moses and the priestly figure he saw on Mount Sinai. This descendant will also be like David and the priest king that David called my Lord in Psalm 110. And all of these figures lead us to Jesus, the ultimate royal priest who suffered and died for a failed humanity so that they could be restored to their original calling as royal priests. About a month after the resurrection of Jesus, his disciples see him ascend into the skies. Yeah, this was the fulfillment of Israel's hopes and of the story of Jesus. He was exalted into the heavenly temple of God's presence and installed there as the cosmic royal priest. Now, Jesus also told his followers to wait for God's presence to come and guide them into the future. And so during Pentecost, a festival in Jerusalem, God's spirit comes down on them like they're each mini temples who are filled with God's presence. Mini temples? Yeah, just like God took up residence in the tabernacle and later the temple, now God dwells among the followers of Jesus and their bodies are the temple. The apostle Peter, who was there that day, later put it this way. You all are living stones built up as a spiritual house. You all are a royal priesthood. So they are all together God's temple. And they're also the priests, reclaiming that lost calling that God gave humanity to represent him and to rule the world on his behalf. The spirit is restoring the life and blessing of Eden to the people of Jesus. But these people aren't priests. They're merchants and fishermen, soldiers and slaves, tax collectors and the poor. They work in the world and not in temples. And yet they talked and behaved as if they were priests. They believed Jesus was the cosmic royal priest ruling all of heaven and earth as his temple. And they saw themselves as an extension of Jesus here on earth. That is the body of the Messiah. That's a beautiful image. But what does it actually look like? Well, if you went to the temple in Jerusalem, you would hear the priestly choirs singing poetry that honored God and that told the story of his love. Music was a bridge between heaven and earth. Also, the followers of Jesus started writing and singing new songs about Jesus as part of their priestly calling. Right. Priests also surrendered everything over to God through their sacrifices. And so followers of Jesus started giving themselves their time and their money and energy to serve those in need. And they said, these are the sacrifices that bring pleasure to God. Priests also intercede on behalf of others through blessings and prayers, advocating for the needs of everyone. Yeah, this is why the Apostle Paul called on the Christians living in Rome to all together offer their bodies as one single living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Yeah, Jesus offered his life in the ultimate act of love. 
And so they too were to surrender themselves to each other and to those who needed their help. This is the royal priesthood, Jesus style. When people imitate Jesus, the royal priest, they become a new humanity, living in a way that reunites heaven and earth. Exactly. And now you can see how the whole Bible is one unified story about a royal priestly humanity that lost its way. But then how God promised to raise up a priest who would give his life to restore us. And then how the stories of Abraham and Moses and David all point forward to a promised priest king. And how this all led to Jesus, our great high priest, who suffered on our behalf to restore us to our calling. And so this is why, on the final pages of the Bible, there's a vision of a renewed and reunited heaven and earth with humans serving and ruling as God's royal priests forever. Awesome. So this video summarizes that humanity fails and forfeits its calling as royal priests right from the very beginning right from the get-go in the Garden of Eden. And we have all these priests who are established throughout the Old Testament, but they fail to really accomplish their original calling. So Jesus comes to fulfill those duties of the royal priests perfectly and defeat the evil that deceives us in the beginning and to overcome the death that we traded this calling for. So now that's what brings us to what we're talking about today with the priests reclaiming that lost calling that God gave humanity to represent him on his behalf like he did way back early in Genesis. And if, as I was preparing for this, when I was thinking about it, I was like, isn't that amazing that, that all of that leads forward going to Jesus, but it all links all the way back to the beginning. And it's this long, it's, it's exactly the plot line. It's this long narrative that leads us to Jesus, all the things that happen in scripture lead us to Jesus. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm, I'm just like, we're so busy sometimes. Sometimes we're, we're so busy that we wanna box in the narrative of scripture. That we wanna, we wanna take those bit by bit, like give me, give me five things. Give me five things that I can do to fix a situation in my life. And then uh, connect it to a Bible story so that I can experience church. Like that's what a lot of us end up looking for when we're in trouble or when stuff is going down in our lives. That's what we look for. We're like, no, give me, give me the stuff that I need so that I can fix the stuff that's going on in my life. Give me five things. Here's the story of Adam and Eve, you know, what to do, what not to do. Don't eat the fruit. Like here's the story of Noah. Here's the story of David, all the things that these priests were going through. And then we're like, let me just take that, let me just take that little bit with me. But it's, it's like we're just looking for motivation when we come to church on Sundays. Like we're just looking for, give me the motivation to get through what I'm going through next. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real honest, is if you're, if you're looking for motivation, then you gotta go with the secular guys. And some of y'all are like, well, uh-oh, student pastor going rogue, get him off the stage. No, no, seriously though, you, you gotta go with the secular guys. You know why? Because they'll never challenge you to do something that you're incapable of doing. But our God challenges us to do the impossible every single day, which is to step into the royal priesthood that we were originally called to do through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross. So that's an impossible thing, such an unlikely thing 
But God's the one who calls us to that. Motivational speakers, they'll never take you there. Um, I didn't tell Paul I was going to tell this, but um, uh, we, uh, he showed me this one motivational speaker this one time. Dude has a foul mouth, like super foul, but he's just like, you know, don't be a little punk. And I got a lot of people nervous just now because <laughs> um, it was foul. But um, he's saying, get, get up, do this, do that, do that, do this. It's like, no, that's, he never challenged us to do anything that we couldn't, that we weren't actually capable of ourselves to step into ourselves. But our God is so much different than a motivational speaker. He's, he's one who wants to set us at a high standing. I think that's where people get caught up is like royal priesthood. It's, it's a high standing. Like that's a, that's a high place. And people are like, no, that's not me. I'm not worthy of that. I can't step into that. But all of that stuff with motivation and everything, none of that matters if you don't understand the whole narrative of what Christ has done for you, who you really are in Christ Jesus. If you don't know what high standing you are with God, where he's set you, where he's called you to be. So no matter where you are today with all of this, um, no matter where you're sitting of, I'm, I, can't, I can't take that seat. I can't answer that call because I yelled at my kids <laughs> this morning on the way to church. I can't answer that call because I'm, I'm still doing this. I can't, get over, I can't get over my porn addiction. I can't get over this thing. I'm still do, I can't be a royal priest. There's no way I can be a royal priest. He's calling you back to that royal priesthood constantly, and you can't lose that calling. So what does this royal priesthood thing look like then? We all know we're being called to it, and we all know it's for us right now, no matter where you're at. What does it look like then? This is the part that most people have a like pre-existing thought in their head about what a priest is like because of what they heard on the news or what priests do, or, or they think like, oh no, priests are, um, yeah, that's like, that's like Pastor Paul. That's like what Ricky does. That's what people on stage do. That's, that's people who have like a special connection to God or um, they, they've, got the, they've got the ability to do these things for people. And that's, that's not it. That's not it. So let's see how Jesus describes a real priest in, in Luke chapter 10. It says, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. All right, this is a legitimate priest here. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. There's our pre-existing conception of priests. So likewise, a Levite came. When he came to the place and saw him, he also passed by on the other side. But then a Samaritan came. As he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So then Jesus asked him, so which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor or a royal priest to, these, to the man who fell among the robbers? 
So this story tells a lot about what it means to be a royal priest, what it means to really be a royal priest. That misconception of priests was described in as long as it needed to be described. We all get that first part. We all understand a priest was going down that road. He's awfully special. And when he saw him, he passed by on that other side. But what does it say about the Samaritan as he journeyed and came to where he was, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. It's the exact opposite of what this priest of that time was doing. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. This Samaritan was prepared for the journey that he was on. He had, he had bandages, he had oil, he had wine on him. He had all the things that he needed in order to take care of this person in their time of need. He also had, he also had money to pay for the person at the inn. Some of us have generous hearts and we wanna pay for people when they need care. But here's the, here's the really cool thing that he does in reflecting Jesus Christ in this moment. He says, take care of him and whatever you spend, I will repay you when I come back. I, he's preparing this guy's future. He's like ready to take care of him. It's not just a one and done thing. It's not just a, here, let me, let me do a good deed for you. And then you're on your own because if, if it doesn't lead to Christ, if the good deed doesn't lead to Christ, then all you did was provide them with a good deed and they're just waiting for the next person to give them a good deed. And they're stuck with that. Not saying that you can't have compassion on somebody and you're, you're on the way and you give them money or you bring them food or something like that. But a royal priest, we take the opportunities to interrupt our journey in order to represent God. That's when you're a priest. That's what it really looks like. Not saying, I, I totally get it. If, you're, if you've got appointments, you got something to do or whatever, do what you can. But allowing yourself on your journey to be interrupted from where you were gonna go, what you were gonna do to represent God to someone else, that is the royal priesthood. That's what we're looking at. That's the job of the priests. We're an extension of Jesus Christ. We're the body of Jesus Christ. Our jobs as royal priests are to live out that priestly nature of Jesus, living in a way that, that does that temple imagery. It reunites heaven and earth together. It's where God and humanity overlap. We're bringing that to the people who need it. So these jobs, they were intended for all of humanity to be a part of. That's why we're all called to be royal priests. So what happens then? Are you, uh, if you say, yeah, okay, I'll take the calling. Like that, that sounds good to me. Are you suddenly just a good Samaritan priest? Like, and you're, you're, you're able to just step into every royal priestly moment and do the process when you accept the call? 1 Peter 2.5 says, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Because a lot of times we end up in this position where um, we accept Christ into our lives and we say, yeah, yeah, this is, this is the calling that I wanna be a part of. What do I gotta do next? And then we go and mess up and we fall back into something that, we were, that was a part of our past. And we think, oh no, I've lost my priesthood. Like, I'm done, I can't do it. 
You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. That's God sitting there. He's, he's grabbing rocks and saying, this, this rock, this is, this is the perfect rock. This will set them apart as a holy priesthood. Okay, this, this rock, this is a trial. This is a hard one. It's a big one, but I'm gonna put it balanced perfectly right here. And it's gonna build this house that I will dwell in. And this will be, this will set them apart. And it's God doing that in our lives. So it's a process of building into this royal priesthood. At Student Life, um, we, uh, we always go to this river, the same river. Um, and uh, it's, it's so much fun. But in the mountains there, it's, it's one of those rivers where it's all just um, smoothed out rock in the river. Um, so just, just full of rock. There's like almost no sand. Um, and the rocks hurt really bad. But we, we go out there and we, we swim in the river and uh, there's this cliff, we jump off the cliff. It's, it's a blast, we have a good time. You saw in the video and stuff whether, when they were jumping in the river. Um, but some of our students every year, they'll, they'll go sit on one of the rocks and they'll, they'll reach into the river and they'll pick up these rocks and they'll set them on another one. And then they'll take the rock and they'll, they'll balance them like, like that. That's one of our um, ones that they were doing. So. But they're, they're sitting there picking the rocks and you'll, you'll see them like, no, 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 not that one. That one's not gonna work right. And they'll set it just like perfectly and they'll like wait until it's balanced just right and stuff until everything's working out and stuff. That's, that's like, when I, when I saw that, I was like, that's, that's the image of God building this house that he's gonna dwell in, which is us. It's that process of him like pulling and inspecting, like this is, yeah, this is gonna be good for them. And I'm gonna set it just perfectly and it's gonna balance. And then this is where, this is what's gonna be built up in them. And then it's going to be something that's set apart. That doesn't look, that doesn't happen on its own out there. That doesn't look normal out there. People pass by and say like, oh, look at that rock formation. Wonder how that happened. No, somebody did that, right? That's what God's doing in our lives as well. He's building us up like a house to dwell in, just balanced and full of him. So let me finish 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, um, verse 5, though, because it, it says, you yourselves like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. But it doesn't stop there, though. Like, yes, we're going through this process and, and we're becoming royal priests and everything, but it's for a purpose, for a very specific purpose. It, it continues on to say, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that purpose, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. There, and through Jesus Christ, there's, there's Jesus acting as the lens of what God sees us as. So when I, when I was talking about whatever you came here with today, don't, that's not you of what God sees in you. Once you've accepted this calling into royal priesthood, that's not how God sees you. God sees you through the lens of Jesus Christ, the royal priest who did everything the right way. No matter what you do, he sees you through the lens of Jesus Christ. So then we can offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. What are those? It's like what Bible Project said in the video. When somebody's in need, we give up the things that we have, the things that we're blessed with in our lives, we can bless other people. I had one of the students, um, and the theme at uh, Student Life uh, was called Unlikely. And I had one of the students who uh, I was like, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of like waking up super early in the morning, 
making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and stuff. It's a blast, don't get me wrong. Like I have so much fun doing it. But by the end of every day, every student wants, you know, they all have more energy than I'll ever have. And so we go to sleep super late because even when they all go to sleep, all the leaders have to like, you know, talk about, all right, what happened today? Like, what are we gonna do tomorrow? Like, let's get this stuff straight. So we go to bed even later and then we wake up um, again and do it all the next morning and stuff. And I was just one morning, just like was getting to me. And I was like, I gotta, all right, we have to be at our first session. Um, I, need to, I need to make sure all the kids wake up um, and get ready and all that. And one of my students, it, was, it felt so unlikely, but he cares so much. He, he was like, hey man, can I run downstairs and get you a coffee or something? And I was like, oh, oh a high schooler? <laughs> He's gonna get me something? <laughs> oh man, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I, yeah. And I was like, well, what are you going to get? He's like, no, I'm not getting anything. I just thought you needed one. I was like, give me a hug, man. That's like, it's it's so good. It was, it's those things. He, he was reminding me in that moment. It's like, dude, you're, you're, you're doing this. This is what God's called you to do. You're doing this. What can I do to help you? Like, what can I do to help you get past this, this moment in your life? How can I bring Jesus how can I bring the reminder of Jesus to you? And in that moment, I was like, this is, this kid, this is why I'm doing it. These kids, all these students, ah, it was amazing. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm that guy that went on vacation and uh, for a week and he comes back to the office and he's like, you know, I got you cornered now. Can I show you my pictures of, <laughs> of, my, of my trip? <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is the last one, I promise because we're closing up right now. So as student life, I was, I was praying for God to prepare me and to lead me into what I was supposed to talk about um, this morning because I, I honestly had nothing other than the Bible Project video and uh, a desire to teach on the royal priesthood, all I had. And I was like all leading up to student life and it was... It was um, Monday morning when I woke up and we were loading the vans up bright and early to leave for student life and it clicked in my head and I was like, I don't have anything for my sermon when we get back. Uh-oh. <laughs> so it, just, it happened real fast. And, uh, but I was praying for him to, to give me something and he, he did not disappoint because when we got there the very first night, um, the theme, like I said, was, was unlikely. So it was all about um, how God wants to use the unlikely. How, how, how unlikely is it that he chooses us to bring the perfect Jesus Christ into other people's lives? Like that God chooses us and that seems unlikely, right? So it was all about that. And um, the very first night, uh, Toby, one of our um, youth leaders, he went with me um, to a pastor's meeting that they had, and we met J.D. Greer, who was one of the speakers there. He's a um, pastor of a church in North Carolina. Excellent speaker, but we met him, and he said something to the effect of everything that you see here that's going to happen this week, all of the stuff, there's, there's lights and dancing and jumping and then water parks and games and food and all this, all this stuff that you'll see. Everything that you do here as leaders or priests, 
which God spoke to me right then, everything that you do as a priest for these kids is not just so that they can have a good time and attend this camp. It's so that they can encounter God in this moment all through the week. It's about the encounters with God. So those, those of us who answer that unlikely call, that's what it's all about, that we step into that. So as like during that main session, like after, after I uh, left that pastor's meeting and uh, met up with all of our students again back in the main session, and you saw in the videos, there's just like thousand some odd students in this, in this room. Um, I, I looked for it. I was like, what's the, what's the unlikely thing that I'm supposed to see here? And I saw, I saw students lifting their hands in worship in his name. So many of them. And then I saw, I looked to the side and I see off, off to the side, I see students praying for other students to accept the call of, of the royal priest, to accept Jesus Christ as their savior. I see, I see students crying with each other, confessing things to one another. I see these students being priests to other students. I'm just like, this is it, Lord. This, this is what you're talking about. The royal priesthood. Thank you so much that you, that you put it on the hearts of, of this congregation here to value the students going forward, the ones who were redeemed and not redeemed to go to this trip to answer that call as royal priests. It was an amazing time. So as we prepare for communion and uh, our expressions moment, ask, ask yourself where you stand with this. Don't, don't think about Don't think about looking in a mirror and seeing yourself and saying, I'm not worthy of that high calling of royal priests. That that's, I can't do that. Don't say, I know I'm gonna mess up again, so I can't accept that call yet. Let me fix these things first. That's not how the plot line works. The plot line was that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for our sins so that we don't fix ourselves first, but he saves us first and leads us to that salvation. And it's that process that happens after that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we have together. Thank you, Lord, so much. It's, it's such an unlikely thing that, that you've called us to be royal priests, the one that you sent here to die for our sake, the perfect one was the high royal priest. But you said, you said, it's better that I leave here so that the Holy Spirit would come. It's advantageous to you because you will do greater things here on this earth than I did when I was here. When Jesus said that to the people, how unlikely of a call is that? God, I pray that every person in this room would understand that calling of the royal priesthood, that they know that it's for them no matter where they're at. And those who have accepted that calling as the royal priesthood, that they'd be encouraged 
to help those in need, the ones who are still looking for that calling, still looking to understand what it is that they need motivation for in life. Because that motivation comes from you, the impossible God, the one who makes things possible. Thank you, Heavenly Father, so much, Lord. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.